The Robbie Ray trade looks like a slam dunk win for the San Francisco Giants, even though they have to wait until the second half for him to come back and pitch. But hey, it cost you Mitch Haniger and Anthony Dietzkofani. But the Giants, because of that fact, have a lot of work to do left this offseason if they want to compete in the NL West. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide episodes three days a week for now, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And coming up on today's show, I'm going to be talking with Millard Thomas from Locked On D-backs. Uh, Millard, of course, you know, and the D-backs, Robbie Ray was on the D-backs for a long time. Then he went to Toronto, won the Cy Young Award, got a $110 million contract, 115 actually, from the Mariners. And so... Uh, we wanted to cross over and discuss the Robbie Ray trade and and reaction to it and where it leaves the Giants and also a discussion about LA's spending spree. It's actually a long conversation, so it's broken up into multiple segments, some of which you'll hear today, some of which you'll hear tomorrow. It may even be a three-day. It was a long conversation, wide-ranging in uh, scope. And so without further delay, here is part one, reacting to the Robbie Ray trade of my conversation with Millard from Locked on D-backs. All right. Now we are joined by Ben Kaspic of Locked on Giants for a little crossover. Ben, it's been a minute since we've talked. Um, I don't think I ever came through on my side of the bet to make the graphic that you were supposed to, you know, put on your Twitter. But that's on me. But at least we got it on the record before the season. We made the bet. D-backs versus Giants. Who are we going to finish high on the standings? Thankfully, I won that bet. Maybe at the start of the season, I will send that graphic over. We'll see. But the Giants now, they uh, they acquired a former friend of the D-backs recently. Uh, a little move happened last week. Mitch Haniger and Anthony Dalscalfani to the Mariners for Robbie Ray. I want to get your reaction to that deal because it's been a little bit of a slow offseason for the Giants. Robbie Ray coming off the Tommy John, missed all of last season. What is your reaction to that trade and what's your expectation level for Robbie Ray right now? My my reaction is that it's a really complicated trade because, mm-hmm. I mean, for so many different reasons. There's the financial aspect of it for both teams for different reasons. Like for the Mariners, they are shedding the commitment to Robbie Ray that they had for 2025 and 2026. Uh, in 2024, it's a cash neutral deal. Each team basically spending $29 million. The Giants kicking in $6 million to make it neutral. But then in 2025, uh, both both Haniger and Robbie Ray have these opt-outs after 2024. And so that could totally change the calculus. But 
I'm going to assume both opt in because Hanniger's mm-hmm. coming off a really bad season yeah. in San Francisco. And Robbie Ray is coming off Tommy John surgery, and we don't know exactly when he's going to come back. And sometimes there's a little bit of rust when you do come back. And so if they both opt in, then it becomes like uh, Ray owed like 23 million, Hanniger owed like 15 and a half. So then the Giants, the Mariners saving a little money there. And then Robbie Ray under contract for an additional year at 25 million. So for me, from the Mariners perspective, it's about kind of shedding payroll in an area where they already have a surplus of talent in their starting rotation. Um, And for the Giants, I see it as a big fat win because they get rid of two players who just like the way I like to describe it. Yeah. I mean, the way I like to describe it is like if you pulled fans and said, what are your thoughts on Mitch Hanniger and Anthony DiScofani? You'd get two big thumbs down. Like that's mm-hmm. how people feel about these two players. DiScofani was good in 2021 when the Giants won 107, but they signed him to a three-year deal. This upcoming year is that third year. The last two years have been bad. I mean, injury yeah. plagued and bad. And if you look up what Hanniger did last year, Injury Awful. plagued and bad. Awful. I mean, he was really bad, like probably the worst season of his career. Maybe maybe like his rookie t- first taste in the big leagues with the D-backs wasn't perfect either. But he was really good in Seattle, and he was just bad here last year. And he's getting older, and he was kind of injury prone. And so to turn that into a guy who won the Cy Young Award you know, not that long ago and was pretty good in Seattle the next year after he turned that Cy Young award into a $110 million contract yeah, deal. to turn, to, to turn two players who just like weren't good for you into a guy who has Cy Young. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't guess that Robbie Ray is going to win another Cy Young, but as, <laughs> as D backs fans well know, the guy has really good stuff and strikeout stuff. And, so to turn to essentially, I don't want to say bad players, but players who didn't perform well for the Giants into that, um, into a pitcher who has a lot of upside, I think there's no other way for me to look at it than a win. But I also won't sit here and say like, okay, that's a wrap. The Giants are done. Like they they're they're done adding that put that puts a bow on their offseason because it doesn't because he's yeah. I mean this year he's going to miss a lot of time and. Like I said, there can be some rust coming back from Tommy John. So it's more of a long-term play, although he does have the opt-out, but so does Hanniger. So it's it's complicated, but I like it for the Giants. Yeah, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers could get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live, live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and more. My favorite thing to do is a same-game parlay. Whenever the Lakers are playing a mediocre or below 500 team, I take Anthony Davis over in points, AD over in rebounds, and the Lakers' money line. Now, let me tell you, that third leg of the parlay hasn't been hitting as recently, but when it does, I love seeing money go into my pocket. Now, if you want the same feeling, 
Go visit FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet at layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. There's definitely some risk involved, but there's a lot of reward to be had too with Robbie Ray because if you pull, pull D-backs fans, how they feel about Robbie Ray, I think the word would be polarizing because when he came onto the scene in Arizona, like he was an all-star back in 2017 and the next couple of years after that, like I was pulling my hair out. The first year after his all-star, like it started the decline, but he still was good that year. But the two years after that, like it was so frustrating to watch him because when you talk about the three true outcome pitchers, like Robbie mm-hmm. Ray was the definition of that. Like if you go look at his stats his last year with the D-backs, it's like 12 strikeouts per nine, eight walks for nine and then like three home runs for nine like that's all he did was strikeouts walks and home runs and so it was so frustrating to watch him every single day because like you said you know he has elite stuff you know he can strike out people but the issue was he was never going deep into ball games gave up a lot of hard contact walked a ton of people but then he goes over to toronto and then he has like this resurgent season like i was looking back at the stats before he jumped on this podcast and it was like he led the league in ERA. He led the league in innings pitch. He led the league in strikeouts. He led the league in whip. It's like, yeah, he, he should have been unanimous Cy Young Award winner that season. So it's like, yeah, for Robbie Ray, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of reward. He's a polarizing guy. But like you said, to give up Mitch Hanniger, who at the time, I liked the signing for the Giants because I thought he did have some upside because he did have a monster season in, in terms of home run um, with the Mariners not too long ago. But he was really bad last year for you guys. Del Scafani's like a back-end rotation starter. So Logan Webb has been that dude for the San Francisco Giants the last couple of seasons. He's been elite. He's been a Cy Young top 10 guy the last couple of years. So now to pair Robbie Ray with him where Robbie Ray doesn't have to be the number one. He can slot into that number two role behind Logan Webb. Like, How do you like the rotation as it currently stands with the Logan Webb, with the Robbie Ray? Of course, there is some risk coming off Tommy John. How will he look? So... How do you feel about the rotation strength right now? Like what other moves are coming from the pitching standpoint? Because I know the Giants still probably have a lot of work to do this offseason, huh? Do you feel like you're anywhere near satisfied with what the Giants have done so far? Well, I I like the Ray acquisition for Mm -hmm. later on, you know, like that's the thing. You got to play the first half of the season first and you're not going to have them and you're not going to have Alex Cobb uh, as well, who was coming off hip surgery and the recovery timeline was like six months before before I think he even starts throwing again. And that took place right after the season. And so you're with you're basically looking at Logan Webb and then a bunch of, you know, you've got Ross Stripling coming back. But otherwise, you're talking young, unproven guys like Kyle Harrison, Keaton Wynn, Tristan Beck, you know, probably a lot of names that D-backs fans aren't even familiar with. Kyle Harrison, a top prospect, but like Keaton Wynn, uh, Tristan Beck, those aren't household names, Um, but they do have some 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 potential. And the Giants have a actually. Pretty like if you were to say what's the strength of their farm system right now, it's probably young pitching coming quick. And but at the end of the day, like Robbie Ray, Logan Webb, I should say Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, Alex Cobb, like that top three. If you were to fast forward to the second half of the season, I think it's pretty good. But but I'm still of the mind that they need to make. Like I, I want to see them basically to be perfectly clear. I want to see them go out and get Blake Snell. I want to see them oh, go okay. out and get Blake Snell. This, they, they, they tried to sh- sign Shohei Otani. They offered him the same contract that the Dodgers did. 
and we'll talk about the Dodgers later. They mm-hmm. tried to sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. They desperately wanted these two players. Last year, they tried to sign Aaron Judge, $360 million. They they did have an agreement with Carlos Correa, $350 million. So they've got the money to spend. They just haven't been able to find the players that kind of take their money. Now, yeah. this offseason, I think you feel good did. about not giving Correa that money probably right now, too, huh? You probably are happy that yeah. you know, that, that, that down, came up in the, in the physical. Yeah, I mean, he de- he definitely had a down season and, and committing 13 years to a guy. If he's got something yeah. alarming on a physical, like I, it takes restraint to kind of back out of that. And time will tell, you know, how that plays out over the next 13 years or 12 now. But um basically their rotation is not good enough right now i think or it's it's too unproven for a team that has designs on contending uh because this is not you know the kansas city royals or the pittsburgh pirates over here this is the san francisco giants there's an expectation of winning and they've made the playoffs one time uh since they're you know in 2021 since and before that 2016 and so mm-hmm. two times in in you know come almost a decade basically and that's just not good enough and two straight frustrating seasons where the where it wasn't just like the reds had kind of a like if you look at their record it was kind of like mediocre like close to 500 but they were an exciting young team the d-backs were kind of close to 500 but they were an mm-hmm. exciting young team the giants were around 500 and they were exactly 500 two years ago but they were not an exciting team. They have been boring and bland and uninspiring and people are frustrated and people are losing interest. And so you can't just roll into the season with Logan Webb and then a bunch of unknowns and then, hey, let's wait until the second half when Robbie Ray and Alex Cobb come back and maybe return to form. So that's why I say go get go get the reigning Cy Young winner in the National League who played for Bob Melvin, who's now the manager of the Giants. So... Uh, there's still some good pitchers out there, but but not that many anymore. You know, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and then you kind of fall off a bit. I think when you go Marcus Stroman, and then you kind of fall yeah. off some more to the whoever's next. There's a, there is a trade market all, as yeah. well. We'll cease, um, cease Burns. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's guys, but um, so what do you think it is then, Ben? Why why do you think? the Giants have had such trouble signing these big-time free agents because, like you said, if they are in the mix and are willing to spend the exorbitant money like the other big market teams, why do you think these free agents are not signing with the Giants? Because my kind of working theory right now is just maybe like the homegrown talent hasn't been there for the Giants, and so it's like for a free agent, they're saying, I have to go in there and I have to do everything for the Giants because Mm -hmm. they don't have that core already. Like, I love Logan Webb. He's a foundational piece. But, like, after him, like, who who is the second best homegrown guy right now that you can trust on for production? Is it Yastrzemski? Is it Doval? Like, I don't know who's the second go-to guy that the Giants have produced that they could rely on going into next season. Well, I'll give a shout to Patrick Bailey, who I think had kind of a breakout season defensively, especially. I mean, he was like arguably the best defensive player in baseball last year, even though he played like 95 games or so. Um, Tyra Estrada, there's some guys, but your point is well taken. Like there's not some they don't have, you know, a Corbin Carroll, right? Mm. They don't have that kind of player on their team. And but to answer your question, 
I think it's like circumstantial to each guy. Like for Aaron Judge, there was the pull of being a Yankee for life and being the captain of the New York Yankees and uh, being on one team and having it be the most iconic franchise in, you know, sports and and not leaving that. And uh, for Correa, they did have a deal with him, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, and he did agree to come here and it just it fell apart due to kind of freak circumstances. And with Otani, I think there was, I mean, when you're competing with the Dodgers, it's hard because the Dodgers, it's, it, there's like nothing really you can, if you're a free agent and you're getting offered like similar money from the Dodgers and from pretty much anybody else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, tough. You're going to lose unless they have, for whatever reason, a desire to not go to the Dodgers or to come to you. And so I think the Dodgers really, really, really want, were set on getting Otani and Yamamoto, and they did. And it's, uh, you know, it's hard to compete with that. And I think they really dropped the ball, actually, in some other off seasons. Like, they had Kevin Gosman, who's continued to be a stud. Yeah. And they had him and they didn't extend him, you know, when he, when he reached for agency, they, you could, on the flip side of that, they had Carlos Rodon and that contract hasn't worked out so well so far one year in. Um, But do you think they should just maybe taken like the plunge on both of them if they had Gosman and then also brought brought in a Rodon and like, okay, at least you would have had one of them work out for you. Well, maybe that was a bad contract. The thing is Gosman, like he was such a good fit, not just baseball wise, but Mm -hmm like clubhouse wise and just he liked being a giant he was like best friends with logan webb he was a good guy like he just he was just such a fit and like a fan favorite and the the contract he ended up getting looks super reasonable five years 110 like it just looks mm-hmm. so reasonable compared to he's some been of a the, stud he's been and he's just continued right and if you could have if if you wouldn't have had to sign rodon like you if you had just made that move you'd be like, well, we've got Webb and we've got Gosman locked up. And then you could kind of allocate your money to some position players. And I think they dropped the ball with like Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, and just a lot of guys kind of after 2021, when they won 107 games and they kind of just brought it back instead Mm of, they did it, except they didn't bring back Gosman, like I said. But there were also, there was some really talented position players and they didn't get any of them. And Buster Posey retired. And so yeah, it was like, hurt. yeah. And so that's kind of what where it all started. But it's been circumstantial. They did get, you know, Jung-Hoo Lee uh, this offseason. Yeah, Let's I forgot forget. about that. $113 million plus a yeah, does that million make you a little fee. Yeah, does that make you a little nervous? You know, because that was like the most expensive ever for like a foreign player, right? Like that, that's a that's a risky, like... There, there's some high reward players in Robbie Ray and Jung Ho Lee, but that's some risk involved too when you acquire those two guys and the amount of money that they're owed. Yeah, there's some risk, but I think there's risk with everybody. There's more risk, I would say. Like for me as a analyst, you know, I'm not an analyst of foreign players nearly as well as I. It's much easier yeah. for me to give an, give my opinion and take and statistical opinion on a guy who's played. Major League Baseball, as opposed to someone who's played in the Korean League, and what I love about Jung Hoo Lee, first of all, he like he's he's got quite a great personality, which we learned as Giants fans, kind of watching 
his press conference. And so he's like really confident, but not cocky. And, and he's, what I also love is that he's 25 years old. And so this is a giants team. Mm -hmm. You mentioned like the lack of kind of, when you say homegrown, I kind of equate that a little bit with like young too. Yeah. They don't, they haven't had a lot of young players come up and like make an impact. And so, the, Yaz was like a 30-year-old rookie making an impact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like, home -grown guy. <laughs> when that's your guy, it's like, well, okay, what does your future really look like? Whereas, you know, if, if Jung-Hoo Lee turns out to be a good player, and he's certainly an interesting player, mm -hmm. strikeout rates in Korea of like 5%, you know, which is exceptionally low, tons of contact, high batting average. Uh, we've heard varying reports, but from what I've heard, the Giants are expecting is good defense at a premium position in center field uh, with that youth and athleticism on his side, a good arm as well. So yeah, there's definitely risk, but I think the giants are in a position where they can't afford to be risk averse anymore. That's what they have been. That's why they didn't bring back Gosman It's aversion to risk. It wasn't like aversion to spending. I don't think so much as aversion to risk. And so, uh, I don't know if you look at like some projections, you know, like steamer on fan graphs, Jung-Hoo Lee's got some pretty darn good projections, actually like a, like third best behind Otani and Aaron Nola uh, for all, all free agents, this, mm. this uh, including Yamamoto. So I don't know that I totally buy that, but yeah. it's at least not a bad sign, you know? So it, of course, who knows how it's going to pan out, but I'd rather they did it than they didn't do it. Well, it sounds like the Giants are trying to spend more money this offseason and maybe the next couple offseasons because one team that has been spending a lot of money this offseason has been the L.A. Dodgers. And we'll be talking about the Dodgers and whether it's a problem for baseball or not in segment number two. But first, let me tell our listeners about this little thing that's really important to your everyday health called Jace Medical because I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine more helpless feeling than a significant other dealing with the supply chain issue that kept them from life-saving medication that they desperately needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use off code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, back here on the Locked on Diamondbacks crossover with Locked on Giants host Ben Kaspik. Now, Ben, I want to talk to you about the offseason and really the 
spending that we've seen this offseason because one team, the LA Dodgers, has spent over $1 billion. I think the number's like $1.29 billion. I saw some <laughs> graphic the other day that said the Dodgers have spent more money this offseason than the 29 other teams. I just kind of want to get your reaction and your opinion on do you think the Dodgers spending all this money is a problem for the league? What they're doing to deferred payments? Or are you like, you know what? 29 other teams. How about you step up to the plate and you open up that purse and you hand out some checks to some of these free agents? Yeah. So it may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't, I don't really dwell on it or think of it as a problem uh, because first of all, I mean like Otani's contract as, as is, been well documented 10 years 700 million with what 680 million (laughs) deferred it's ridiculous on its face but it's it's i think a lot of people maybe who aren't totally like up to date on the collective bargaining agreement and how the luxury tax calculations work which would be like every casual fan i would imagine isn't thinking like but you know in reality the luxury tax hit for LA is valued at something like 40, uh, $44 million or so. And so mm-hmm. it's not like they're only paying $2 million a year, which is what they're paying in cash. But so it is, in some ways, it is what they're paying. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, they're in terms of the luxury tax, which is, which is I think, in a, a more important point of calculation, they're getting hit with 44 uh, ish million dollars. And so the basically the league determined and the players association determined the present day value because you have to equ- you have to factor in like inflation and all that kind of stuff because they're paying him. I mean, it's going to be crazy once 10 years are up and they're paying yeah. him 68 million dollars a year for 10 years to, when he's not on their team. Uh, that's going to be wild to see like what the ramifications are there. But um, the league and the players association determined like what is the true present day value of that contract. And it's actually about, you know, $450 million over 10 years, which is, uh, you know, more in line with what kind of makes sense. 700 million. I think, Part of what they wanted, his representatives himself, perhaps, was that number and the shock and wow factor of that number. But in reality, this is more, like this is equivalent to a four hundred fifty forty million dollar contract over ten years. It's just structured really strangely and uniquely. And as I said, the Giants have said, and Otani's camp, or even Otani himself, I read said, like confirmed, that the Giants offered him basically the same thing. So like it's what Otani wanted because he wanted to be able to, you know, not, you know, obviously 70 million a year going to one player would limit what a lot of teams could do. Um, and so that's why he he wanted to do it this way. But he, in my mind, like, why not just do a 10 year, $440 million deal? I think it's because of the shock and wow factor of the $700 million number. I don't know. Maybe he just wants the security of getting paid for 20 years instead of 10. I, I don't know why they did it that way. Um, but 
Yeah, the Giants were willing to do the same thing. So I can't sit here and say, yeah, it's a problem for baseball that the Dodgers did it because I would have been doing cartwheels if the Giants had done it, you know? And so, yeah. and then they also go out and get Yamamoto, but I think that contract was fair value too because he's 25. And I think like a lot of teams believed this is an ace. This is like a frontline major league starter and you don't often get access to these guys at that age. And so I think it was a fair market v deal essentially for Otani structured in a really weird way. And it was a fair market deal for Yamamoto. And I believe the Giants were also in on Yamamoto on similar terms. And Yamamoto said if it wasn't for LA, he probably would have ended up with the Giants. And that tells me that they were right there financially. He said he loved the city, uh, which has been a point of contention kind of this off season with yeah, certain people right. kind of bad mouthing San Francisco and, or just kind of a narrative about that. But he said it reminded of him, it reminded him of, of Osaka, Japan. And I, I don't know what Osaka looks like, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, he liked it. He really like liked San Francisco, but again, it's like, it's hard to compete with, what the Dodgers have to offer. It's like, oh, you can go play with Otani and Betts and Freeman and, you know, warm weather year round, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I have no problem with what they're doing. I also don't overreact. And I feel like D-backs fans should know this as well as anyone. You can have powerhouse teams in the division. Mm -hmm. And by the way, everyone expected the Padres to like beat, compete with the Dodgers. Yeah, I did. For... Yeah, we all did. And they didn't. So baseball is a unpredictable. So you can spend all the money you want, but it is not does not guarantee you anything. Although we, the Dodgers are good year in and year out. That's a separate point, which is like they're already always good. So they're just going to be really good again. So in some ways, it's like, OK, they're still just really good. But also D-backs fans saw firsthand last year. You just got to get into the dance. You and yeah. with what, what 80, 83 wins, eighty four. Like, like I think eighty four, eighty four wins. Negative run right? differential. Yeah, negative run differential. Yeah. And the Phillies the year before that, whatever their record was, it wasn't as good. You know, mm. and th they took down the Braves this year. I think it was the Phillies. You know, and the Braves were the best team in baseball all year long. And um, they just went down in the first round and you guys swept the Dodgers yeah. in the first, in the, in the division series, right? Swept them. Swept baby. Four home runs in that clincher in one inning. First time in MLB history, uh, truly remarkable stuff. So yeah, I mean, I can't wait for the discourse when the Dodgers win 135 games and then lose in the first round. It's like, Oh my God, we got to redo the whole regular season. We got to change the whole playoff format. Right. Like I don't want to hear any of that discourse. All right, sorry to cut it off, but that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day or three days a week for now. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to be airing part two of my conversation with Millard. There's a lot more that we get into over this wide-ranging hour-plus conversation, and the whole thing is very interesting. And so uh, please come back for that. And if the Giants do anything, that's part of what we talk about is the slow MLB offseason and some ideas to fix it. Um, if the Giants actually do anything, we'll do that instead, instead of airing that episode. So once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X 
at Ben Caspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.